Hey family, this is Jonathan Soul. Stand by, let me power up this engine right quick. See, what you gotta understand is space is black. It's black, it's vast, and it's full of life. Here on JonathanSoul.com, what we do is we explore blackness in the form of comics, sci-fi, mystery thrillers, science fiction and fantasy, basically. I interview writers, illustrators, publishers, actors, filmmakers from the African, African-American, the global black community and see what kinds of dimensions, worlds, civilizations they're building. So put your seatbelt on, engage your gravity boots, make sure there's an airtight seal on your chute. And let's ride in three, in two, in one. I got the honor and privilege of bringing you a princess. Somebody who is able to build, construct costumes in the air about herself and, uh, and transport you into a world of imagination. I'm talking to an up-and-coming cosplayer by the name of La Petite Chieftain on... Uh, on uh, Twitter, but uh, she's uh, allowed me to call her Sheila uh, in this interview. How you doing, Miss Sheila? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. So I got to start off by asking, why would somebody as uh, together, as righteous, as cool, as mature, as intelligent as yourself, dress up? Like somebody from like Mass Effect, or dress up like some like <laughs> Thor or or or, or Loki. I think you and your cousin did this groovy little Thor Loki thing. Why would y'all take the time to build the costumes? Put why would you do that? Explain. Well, I mean, cosplay is more than just you know getting a costume. You can actually build a lot of skills from it. Like before this, you would have told me if I'm. I can learn how to sew. I would think you're crazy. But now I'm actually learning how to sew. I, um, I learned a lot of techniques. I mean, it's very artistic. You can use anything you can get your hands on, like um, craft foam. Um, I don't know about a whole different type of plastic. It's like, it's very versatile. It's a versatile type of ho- hobby. And so mm-hmm. you can learn so much because, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's what you make it. It's mm-hmm. what you make it. So, uh, I, you can the, put, the, the closest I can come to what you're talking about is uh, I used to be an art director years ago and, uh, you know, left that career, was, was transitioning to something else. And um, long story short, I was making some protest signs from, from one of my, uh, I would call it my play mother up in Philly. And uh, long story short, I went to the art supply store. I don't know if it was Michael's or someplace else. And I bought like dowel rods and ba- basically I built like I, I, I was I was doing something similar. I, I built this like it was a it was a trial and the judge did some bad stuff. Let some people go who hurt a little who heard a little one. And so I basically like put like this doll baby on a cross and put like a rose over her, you know, and everything. And I put, you know, across the, it was like a, like a placard. And it's like the, the community finds the judge guilty kind of a thing. 
And uh, mm-hmm. I remember getting the glue gun and getting the um, the pipe cleaners and all that and building it. And I remember the joy that I was doing. It, you know, it took a while. Is that what you experience when you're putting these uh, pieces together? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to describe because anybody can get into it. And like, like I said, there was a lot of things I thought I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. But now I'm doing like styling weaves. I'm not good at styling hair, but you know, you know um, taking it upon myself to learn how to even style hair. You know, wow. that's a big up. You know, mm-hmm. it forces it cha- it's a challenge. It forces you to um, step out of your comfort zone. Okay. You know, depending on what you want to do, like armor build, learning how to make armor. You know, learning weapons and stuff. That's you know, that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot to learn. Yeah. You know, how to, how a blade can be, how you can form a blade or um, how to make a um, the perfect helmet. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not an easy thing to um, to do sometimes. You know, you can, it's like engineering. Mm-hmm. It's like soft type of engineering. I mean, I know someone who's an engineer and it does cosplay because, you know, you can put um, any of your skills that you can go to school, that you go to school for. I mean, you can put it into cosplay. Wow. You know, like I said, it's just what you make it out to be. Now, when you first got into cosplay, did you do it by yourself? Did you do it with a cousin, a friend, family member? How did you start? When I first started cosplay, I was with a friend. I was out in California at my first convention was in Sacramento. And at that time, I wasn't making cosplay from scratch because I just, as I said, at the time, I didn't think I was able to be skilled enough. So I was just putting clothes together from the closet to make um, my costume, which people still do that, too. Okay. So that's what I did. I was in Sacramento. It was something with um, Caboose was. I don't even remember, but, yeah, I was dressing from the anime Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so after that, I just liked the atmosphere. So I tried as many, because um, it's hard for me to travel sometimes, so... Um, when I first um, learned about a convention, I try to get there, you know, try to be as active as I can. All right. All right. Now, um, when you first started, you said that um, you weren't building armor and things of that nature. Um, How did that come about? Was it because the character costumes were more complicated? Were you just challenging yourself? You know, how did that happen? Uh, (laughs) Well, me and my cousin, um, we ordered a co- we had ordered a costume from eBay. We mm-hmm. had gotten it from China, and so I mean I'm not trying to you know talk bad about China, but sometimes things don't come out as you um you expect. Okay. And so it when when um it came in, it didn't, her costume didn't fit her, and so she ended up and I know I had gotten that costume. I we ended up just um pretty much doing it. We doing it from scratch. So it was like, well, why are we buying this costume? Well, we can just sit here and make it ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. we can just learn to make it ourselves. You know, we can control how we want it. Make sure the color is right and, you know, it fits us properly. So we just, you know, took it from there. You know, there's no point. <laughs> We're biased, so we have to make it all over again anyway. Now, how much of this making did you do from, from like, how, was there an instruction manual you downloaded someplace? Were there videos? Like, how did you know where to start? Um, a lot of Google a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of research, <laughs> and trial and error, <laughs> a lot of trial and error. Okay. So, you know, it's, we, we taught ourselves 
and with the help of, you know, research tools, we can get our hands on the internet. So what does your toolbox look like nowadays? I'm assuming you got a glue gun, you got X-Acto knife, you got some leftover form core. I mean, what do you what what does your toolbox look like? Uh, a bunch of scrap fabric, um, paints. I got a hammer, um, eye protective gear, um, measuring tape, um, fabric dyes. Got the E six um, six thousand for jewelry, uh, resin. <laughs> All of it, a lot, a lot of stuff I have. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you can go through to get pretty dressy. If you don't have a craft room, you can get pretty dressy real fast. Oh, trust me, yeah, I, I can dig it. I can dig it. My studio is in a yeah. little corner in my dining room, so uh, I got all this uh, soundproofing on the wall. <laughs> so, so yeah, I can I can absolutely dig it. Now, you know, most people who are into, I guess you could call it nerd culture and comic books and movies and all that kind of stuff. You know, they've been to a convention or two and they've seen folk walking around and, you know, dressed as, you know, different, you know, Superman, Batman, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the African community, in the black community, I mean, is cosplay uh, 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 is something growing? Is it a niche? Nietzsche, what's, what's happening with cosplay with black people? Um. When I first started, it wasn't as much as a um a big thing with um black people as far as I could tell. But I have been able to tell over the years that it is growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think neuroculture in general is becoming a more I mean, a more acceptable thing that we like to talk about most of the jokes. I mean when I was growing up, I was a bit hesitant to talk about that sort of thing about other black people, especially in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's like when everyone else was talking about hip hop, yeah. you know, you don't. I mean, I listen to hip hop, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm also interested in like Japanese music, and you're not sure if you know if that's what they like to vibe on. So you kind of keep things like that to yourself. <laughs> but now it's like, yeah, <laughs> but now that's become a more of an accepted thing. You know, you know, you see more black people talking about Dragon Ball Z and um, Naruto and all that type of stuff and it's from the inner city so it's kind of um it's a it's, i like to see that you know yeah. i like to see that that's as black people can you know be very um and um, variety in our interests mm-hmm. instead of you know being put in a stereotype so i'm, I'm glad to see that it's become a more and more of a couple size accepted thing amongst yeah yeah i uh taught uh middle school for a year and uh, I was amazed. This was a few years back, maybe going 10 years now. And I was amazed that all the kids. So I'm talking um, middle school. So that was like ninth, 10th. Was it ninth, 10th? I think it was like ninth, 10th grade or something. All the kids, boys and girls alike, was drawing Dragon Ball Z characters. Mm-hmm. And they were and they were really good. I was surprised because my son coming up, he uh you know, he enjoyed, uh, you know, Dragon Ball and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's funny, the way you described it, it was almost as if, you know, the, the people who in the, in, the, in the inner cities and stuff was kind of coming out of the closet with the nerddom, you know, once it mm-hmm. became acceptable. What do you think brought that out? Was it the popularity of, of the uh, Japanese anime? Like, where, when was it safe to come outside? I think it has a lot to do with social media. 
Okay. Around uh, week plus, I mean, back then, now I'm actually, I'm 32, I'm, I'm 32 years old. What? So when On I, the interwebs, yeah, you look like you get carded at the 7-Eleven. Are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> I just had my birthday last week, as you well know. So <laughs> Happy birthday. I'm 32, so thank you. But back then, um, they lost my train of <laughs> When was it safe to come now, outside as a nerd? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Yeah, so back then we wasn't very was very connected through the internet. I mean, I think the internet was just starting to um, you know, to pop off the river. We didn't really have Twitter or, mm-hmm. or um, MySpace. All those things wasn't a thing until well, for me, it wasn't a thing until when I was about in college. This when a lot of social media started popping up, and I believe that when that happened, you was able to get connected with different um. And different other types of um, black people and different black backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So now that we're more, more connected um, throughout the community, I think that's what brought it on because, you know, now black people can just, if they want to learn about other things or want to uh, interact with black people who are into other things, they just can with a um, click of a button. So okay. it's just, everything is so connected now. Okay. I think that's what really brought it on. Beautiful, so beautiful. make black people more comfortable that they can um, be into other things. Now, what they see on the internet. Yeah. Are you aware of any uh, any uh, groups or any online, uh, you know, websites where people who are into cosplay like get together? Um, I don't per se. Um, like I said, I sent you a link about um, cosplaying while black. Yeah. As far as a group. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not very connected with other people online. Gotcha. So I'm not. I'm not a. Good, I mean, I'm not a, the best person to tell you, you know, about groups and people you can look into. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I can. I, I've looked at the hashtags and and, and million. You know, not millions, yeah. but a lot of people pop up. So uh, I mean, yeah. if, if anything else, we connected by hashtags. You know, we can find each other yeah. that way. Um, now, yeah. Now, one of one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you is because you wrote an article. Uh, one, your mm-hmm. costumes are great. You and your cousin, y'all, y'all really do it up. And uh, my favorite is the Thor Loki. I mean, I just so freaking cool. You know what I mean? Some of the other characters I might, I might not know. You know what I mean? I yeah, think you did yeah, Jasmine. Yeah. Did you do Jasmine from? Uh, yeah, I did. A, yeah, I did a Fusu Jasmine yeah. from the um, Disney show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, you wrote this article basically saying and, and correct me if I'm, I'm misquoting you uh on your blog you you basically wrote an article saying that uh, the black cosplayers aren't getting the kind of support that they should is that the gist of it um yes and i'm saying that more we don't get the support that we feel from each other ah yes. can you go into that a yes. little bit in detail please um well, you know, in in the general cosplay, we don't we're a niche in the general cosplay community as it is. So it's like we feel like when it's like that, that there's only should be a quota of black people that should be you know promoting the thing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it causes a problem where you have certain cosplayers that want to you know you know want to click up. It's like clickish things that like high school. And so, you know, you have these cosplayers that, you know, that could help, 
but it's like they want it's like they could help but they want to stay at the top at the same time mm-hmm. and so we, it's like we have this really bad um this really bad habit of um having that crab in the barrel mentality where if you see one of us trying to rise up instead of helping us you want to you know stay do what you got to do to stay on top and keep us down and I hate to say that about our own people, but we really do have a bad um, habit of doing that. Mm. And, and because there's a lot of women involved, and <laughs> I love being a woman, but I hate to say it, but we women, we really are bad because we're competitive. We tend to be competitive by nature. Okay. And so <laughs> we fight each other. We can fight each other for the little bit of attention. And so that's what I think. That's what's going on where... You have certain, like you can just go into Google and look it up yourself. It's the same black cosplayers in the list over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like I think there should be a bit more, a better variety of um, black cosplayers that have different thoughts and different um, habits, mm-hmm. and um, we get the better experience. But it's only a certain kind that's being promoted, and I think that should be, you know, that should be addressed. Yeah, personally. yeah. I mean. Uh... When you mention this, this you know certain cosplayers, and I noticed that you didn't call out any names, which which I think is classy. Um, you yeah, know, um, yeah. I, I think it's classy. Uh, I follow uh, one cosplayer called Care Bear or K Bear, K Bear, who appeared in a couple of other articles. Um, <laughs> there was another uh, uh, cosplayer. I'm not sure if she's still active. Uh, called Don't Call Me Shirley. Um, so yeah, I, I, I never heard of them. Yeah, so these were in like the Otaku, I think it's called Otaku uh, article or whatever. Uh, long story short, yeah, I do think that, you know, especially in a predominantly white, um, you know, hobby kind of vibration, there's a certain mm-hmm. number of black people that they'll feel comfortable with, you know, usually, you know, two. And then <laughs> what you once you get over that number, people start to feel, uh, you know, some type of way. But when you say that the some of the the, the black cosplayers aren't as supportive, uh, right. I find that interesting. I find it interesting. Now, uh, the unique the unique uh, thing about Jonathan Soul, JonathanSoul.com, is that I focus on uh, the comics and the sci-fi that black people are creating. Have you had any experiences in like any of the black cons? There's one that happens up in New York city and there's one that happens in LA. And then I think there's one I have to follow up with, um, uh, this brother, uh, Milton Davis, who, uh, is a tremendous, um, writer. He organizes a lot of fiction writers. I think they're having one in, um, down South in Georgia. You familiar with any of the, like the black cons? Um, the only black con I was uh, familiar with was Blurred Con. Okay. It was a it was a new one that they just started. I think the first one was last year. I think. Okay. And yeah, that's the only one. I, me and my cousin wanted to go to that, but like I said, it's kind of hard for us to travel. <laughs> I got so you. expensive for us. I got and, you. I got um, you. We, yeah, since we don't get you know called in to be guests at these cons, it's like it's all on our own money. Ah, so we're trying okay. to keep it. Yeah, so we um, tend to keep it more local in North Carolina. I mean, hopefully one day we can expand out. But mm-hmm. right now we just kind of keep it local. But yeah, I've been, I have heard of Blurred Con. That's the okay. only black 
you know. I mean, honestly, yep. there's an opportunity. Y'all can come up with uh, barbecue con, hush puppy con. You know what I mean? There's all types of ways you can. <laughs> well, well, here in Goldsboro, in my um, in my neighborhood, they are um, building a um, convention center. So oh, maybe okay. that would change very soon. Yeah, and we can start having things going on even more locally. <laughs> Oh. Now, what do what do uh, cosplayers do in between cons? You know, um, do they just take pictures online? Do they uh, research stories? I mean, like, what uh, do you do in between I, conventions in, in terms of your I art? Just, I guess it depends on the individual. Before it's me, I I try to um, you know learn how to hone my skill more. You know, okay. I, that's why I, I do. Um, more solo cosplays online okay. so I can learn, you know, in between, because there's a lot of downtime for us, so I, you know, do better with sewing and um, how to make my um, my craft more cleaner. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can ever finally get myself together with the camera, that'd be nice too. So, I'm, you know, it's, I, I'm always learning and researching to see how I can do better, and I try to put that into play every time I'm on social media. Okay. That's what I tend to do. Yeah. Online, when you post uh, images, do you feel like you're getting support, like online? No. What? <laughs> I mean, it goes to the... You don't uh, get the kind of retweets and the and the little likes oh, and and people I, reaching out. I couldn't be the only only person you like that. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I got a, I got a few. You know, it's not you know really big and whatever, but I mean, I don't have a lot of followers either. Okay. And, um, as I said, it's just, I try to network. I, I believe network is important. And I remember when, um, you sent me that interview about, um, Ashley Wood. Yeah. And when she said, you sometimes you have to go at it alone. That's mm-hmm. very true. Yeah. And with the cosplay community, because it, it can be very superficial because it's almost like modeling. Okay. You definitely have to learn how to be a little more self self sufficient. But and it's hard to network and I hate again, when it comes to the black nerd community, I used to when I first started, you know, being more active on social media, mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, co- black cosplay and I'm always calling every black cosplay I see and I'm trying to network with them. Yeah. But then I realized that it, you know, there there are on um Black, there are black cosplayers that um they're not very interested in networking with their own, and mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's very interesting because they'll sit there and they talk about how we need more support and we need more um you know more publicity and you know more um followers and you know getting our work out there. But when you go to their pages and you look through, you know, what they do outside of cosplay, you know, or who they interact within the cosplay community, then it's mostly non-black people. Yeah. So now you have, now I have to sit back and look at well, do these cosplayers actually like being around other black people? Because some actually don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, it's like a numbers thing. Uh, and, uh, um, like a gamble, like, do I try to network or do I try to, uh, you know, just, um, appreciate them from afar and I'm, now I'm finding that I'm appreciating them from afar because I'm, I mean there are some black people that just you know just want to get their numbers up just want to get their stuff out there and they're just not interested in, in interacting with other black cosplayers I don't know why that is 
but sometimes just how the reality goes. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's unfortunate, unfortunate, Uh but it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that kind of behavior isn't, of course, you you know this, not limited just to cosplay. You find it in the workplace, you find it in different different places. I mean, when people behave that way, when they say, well, we need is more black support, what they're really saying is, I need more support. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you supported me is is the is the black you know part of it but in terms of me you know sending that back to you that's not the case so no i get it i get it that's the same thing that goes on in uh i think what they call it the conscious community i think that's a new term now mm-hmm. people are reading fake yeah. history and all this kind of shit uh you know it's just a way to you know to create little little uh silos little chiefdom you know little groups of personality cult almost around yourself as opposed to expanding you know, a movement kind of a thing. Uh, but there is a genuine black arts movement happening where people are genuinely supporting each other. Uh, there's a, a brother that I interviewed out in, um, in uh, California by the name of Jason Reeves, uh, who and his, you know, his wife and little baby, they have this little uh, comic company. He writes, draws, produces a tremendous comic, and they do printing. And then you got another brother over here in uh, the Midwest, uh, Amani, who runs um, uh, PeepGameComics.com, biggest uh, black online comic shop, you know, uh, 99% like African and African-American content. Uh, and so they hooked up together. And so now okay. he's, he's taking the electronic stuff and now you can get print on demand. And the first book is by another brother uh, who did this comic called uh, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. If you can dig it. First, I was like, yeah, that was very interesting. I was like, okay, well, yeah, exactly. And so, and so, and so, these kinds of collaborations are happening all over. Um, uh, So, yeah, so there's some genuine people out there. Now, uh, with the cosplay thing, looking at it on on Twitter, of course, Mm -hmm. there's uh, some mention. Well, there's there's some people in 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 who are doing quote unquote cosplay, who really are just posing in bra, bra you know, they're posing in underwear basically, you know what I mean? And they call it cosplay, and you know, it's not like I can turn away from that. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna say it's a bad thing. At least yeah, I'm just being straight up. Honest. Yeah, I'm just straight <laughs> up. Now, now, how do you feel about that? I'm not going to say these these young ladies aren't legitimate because they they are in a different. I think they're in a different right. part of the the vineyard, so to speak. I mean, how how do you feel as a? I don't. I'm going to say traditional cosplayer mm-hmm. as opposed to a more like not safe for work kind of cosplayer. How does you feel like that impacts you? Or does well, it? That's- it's, it's uh, it, well, it doesn't affect me because, I, like I said, I, I dance to the beat of my own drum. But okay. <laughs> I've, I've, it's been a hot topic. And I matter of fact, there's a lot of controversy. Every now and then, someone would come and make a tweet about how you know we should embrace sexy cosplayers, and you know they 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 cosplayers too. And and I mean. It's been, I mean, sexy cosplayers have always been around, but they had their own little niche. 
Now yeah. it's becoming more mainstream, and I think that's what's rubbing people the wrong way. Because now there's a, a an expectation for cosplayers now to be cosplayers. Where, like, like you said, like me, who's a more of a traditionalist, mm-hmm. we don't we are not comfortable, or we just rather not entertain that sort of thing. And so you know, if we're bumping, you know, cosplayers are bumping heads because it's a change that not the cosplayers like you know care to see. And um, and my only issue is they're deciding they want to be set to cosplay. They want to they want to cosplay loot what they call it looting, looting any characters like Adora or things that kids get their hands on. Kids, you know. Yeah, that's kind of you know you know yeah. the media the time you know the media that kids like to watch. That's now they want to do that too, and that's my problem because kids they now they're on the internet too. They're they're more connected. Right. And so when they're sitting there trying to look up stuff that they're into their interest and that's what they see popping up, that becomes an issue. Matter of fact, there's an issue now that they're not really talking about too much of, but there's an issue now where you have minors lying about their age so they can be consistent cosplay. Well, you now might as well talk about it because I, I, I read a tweet when I was researching for this interview where the young lady yeah. was saying, don't go on Patreon doing lewd cosplay as a minor because it's child porn. Don't do that. So, no, right. speak to that, please. But, you know, but if you say it to them, they, they say what they're doing is not porn. But it's interesting when it comes to a minor, it's porn, but that's the issue. It's like when you, when something like that becomes mainstream. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, when, you know, when things become mainstream, everybody gets access to it. So, you know, uh. if you have a young minor that's, wants to get into cosplay, that's the first thing they're going to see. Right. And so they feel pressured that they have to do that. So that's why, I mean, minors, they, they're, they're very smart. They're very smart. So, yeah. you know, they see, if they look up, if someone such as, um, if they, if they one of their favorite cosplayers do a lot of it, you know, they going to think, okay, I can do that too. You know, I want to do that. I want that kind of attention or, you know, well, I can't really tell you what's going through their minds, but we're we're in an age where it's, it's a lot of we're, you know there's a lot of impression mm-hmm. going on where you know you want to be like your your favorite um I guess social media star you know it's like it's, it's like it's, it's it's easy now to become a quote quote star <laughs> with social media, but it becomes a big issue because these kids are so impressionable. Like right, the same right, thing right. with with Logan Paul. You know Logan Paul. Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah. and a lot, a lot of his, um, a lot of his audience was young people. You know, so I just think with with um with power comes great responsibility. If you're gonna want to push this sexy cosplay thing, you might want to think like adults aren't the only ones that's going to be consuming it. So mm-hmm. it's like. <laughs> It almost seems take, like the children. It, it yeah. almost seems like the children are getting cro- caught in the crossfire. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so uh, you got to learn how to yeah. take some criticism instead of thinking people is attacking and you know you slut shaming and you know we can do what we want. That's like what well, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. But you know, we live in a in a society where it's all about self worship. <laughs> Because yeah. it's almost like idolatry. It's almost like idolatry. You have people that looking at your pictures, they give you, 
you bunny and you um you know you got cosplays now just making you know those anime figurines that you see from yep. your you know favorite and now you got cosplays make you know making their own figurines. Yeah. So you so it's, it's becoming a, a lucrative business, but like I said, there's always going to be a downside mm-hmm. to it, especially <clears throat> when you're appealing to younger crowds that's looking at your content. Yeah. So it's just, you have to be more aware, especially when you get in a bigger, a bigger stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I always thought that was part of adulthood is that understanding yeah. that there's a, a dividing line between, you know, like adult behavior, children behavior and children should be protected, you know, from yeah. certain kinds of images and content and stuff until they're old enough to understand. So, yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if, if I got a kid looking up Dora the Explorer, I don't want her to find, you know, a girl and, yeah. you know, you know, all that exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but. but the thing that was crazy was you said that, that you know, people may be cautioning uh, cosplayers to say, hey, don't do this. This is child porn. But not admitting that what they're doing is porn because they're copying them. So I think that's a very key. Yes. I think that's a very yes. key point. Uh, so it's like if if it's porn to them when they yeah. do it, then you know they emulate you. So how come you're not admitting that what you're doing can be seen as um porn? And and, that, and and to be and be to be fair, there is some that that outright call it sex work. There's yeah. some that are not afraid to admit that, right. but then there's some that you know yeah. that I want to admit. It, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and different. I mean, this is probably my third version of this podcast and the, and the earlier mm-hmm. version there was a show i did called tricknology where i actually interviewed uh, a sex worker who was organizing um to get sex workers like union you know and health health care rights and everything i mean just call mm-hmm. it what it is you know don't don't lie yeah. you know kind exactly. of a thing you know call it what it is now let's let's move away from this a little bit um, I'm okay. looking at you and your and your cousin on your website and everything, and I, and I see the, the the different places you've been, and uh, you know you're an attractive lady, and and, and so is your cousin, and y'all are in these costumes, yeah. y'all got to get hit on while you're at these places. I mean, how do you handle that kind of attention? Oh well, war is sticking together is key. So they people tend to not deal with you too much if you're not by yourself. Okay. So it helps that me and my cousin we sit together at all times. But mm-hmm. there had been an incident when we was in Virginia uh, at Mechocom when um there was this guy who kept approaching us and he um was like talking about how he wants to be our our daddy. That's how he said it. Oh wow. <laughs> And he, you know, making those kind of advances. And first, we didn't think much of it because we didn't used to have, we didn't um, had people that was that aggressive. Of course, we had people that would walk up to us or, you know, sometimes they'll grab our waist and, you know, little things like that. But yeah. far as actually still having someone who follow us around the con, that was new. And, and we didn't realize how serious it was until when we got home. Because eventually he he walked away. He you know he gave up and he walked away. Mm-hmm. But and we didn't know how serious it was when we was looking through our, our cosplay photos that we had taken. He was in the background of the photos. Are you serious? Yes. He was trolling he like that for real. Yes. Wow. 
It was like, oh my gosh, like this dude was really serious. That's creepy. That but, is creepy. Yeah, it is very creepy. And so, yeah, that is a real problem in in, the, in um especially in prevention. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't have a big social media presence because I've I've heard you know stories of you know people like that that are going to people's DMs and inboxes and. You know, send you know dick pics and mm-hmm. you know make you know solicitous things like that. But as far as conventions, it's a lot more scary to people have actually have you know <laughs> access more to your public space, to your personal space. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. yeah, so um, you know you do have you can have issues with stalkers and people who always want to be by you and don't want to um you know don't understand what personal space means. You know, occasionally you would come across that problem, but. That's what security is for, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, of course, yeah, you could always so. sew a, a pepper spray holster into your costume yes, the next time. Yes. You know, just that's in case. That's a good idea. That's, that's something that I need to talk to my cousin about. <laughs> we should definitely get into that. <laughs> now, um, you know, we talked about how you got started. We talked about some of the trials and tribulations. Uh, tell me about the joys. Like, what is it? Uh, tell me about is it is it actually making the costume? Is it when fans come up to you and say, "Oh, wow, you look just like"? I mean, where does the joy come from in this whole process? It's a mixture of both, you know. Um, when you make the cosplay, seeing how, especially when it comes out really, really good, and you you surprise with sometimes you're surprised with. It's like you look at pictures of you say, "Like, wow, I really made that." And so it's it's a very um, uplifting thing, and then to put the icing on the cake when you go to conventions, you have people, especially other black people, that come up to you. It's like, oh my gosh, you're an inspiration, and I want to cosplay too. And their face just light up because, like I said, cosplayers, black cosplayers, you know, it's, we're always going to be some sort of, you know, social phenomenon, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. And so whenever a, a, a black person sees you and doing this kind of thing, they, it gives them hope that, you know, that even they can, you know, show that side of themselves without, you know, without judgment. Wow. You know, if one, we see one black cosplay and two and three, it's like, oh, I can do this too. Matter of fact, um, my cousin's mom, she had collected all our, all our cosplays and put it in a little book, made a scrapbook. And um, my cousin wow. in Raleigh, he teaches, uh, has a girlfriend that teaches. They both teaches, but her on uh, his um, his girlfriend's class, they they're in, they're all black and they're into anime and stuff. And so my cousin told my um his girlfriend about us. And so you know the kids wanted to um wanted to meet us. And one day I I probably you know put up to that offer if my job allows me, but. You know, um, his girlfriend wanted us to go to her class and um, talk to the children, you know, and, you know, show off, you know, you know like I said, pretty much what I'm doing to you now and having an interview and let kids interact with us. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, unfortunately, wasn't able to do that. So um, my cousin's mom gave my um, cousin our scrapbook mm-hmm. to have, you know, for it to be like a show and tell to pass around the class. And wow. We had a CD. We had a CD as well as as a, a collage on the CD of all our pictures. So the class had a little show and tell with our pictures, and, and I, I wish I was there to see it. Wow! I'm pretty sure they they would have been very just to see their reactions. But yeah, um, just to see that you can be a light to the black community, you know, who feel like that they can't express themselves how they want and give them hope to do that. That's I think that's the most reward rewarding thing. Beautiful to me. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Now, uh, we're going to wrap up. I want to don't take up too much of your time. Yeah. Um, can you right. please uh, give some advice for uh, folks who want to get started in cosplay? Like, based on your experience, what, what, what would kind of be the advice that you would give them? Um, if you could get someone to the, the start the hobby with you, like a family member, a friend, that would be, the, it would be best to get you comfortable. I wouldn't recommend trying to find, you know, I won't recommend to interact with social media too much because I let, like I said, there's a lot of popularity thing going on and that can, that, and that can discourage you. So, you know, get someone close to you and like like I am with my cousin and y'all start learning together. And just, you know, someone to vibe with it. And so y'all can help each other. Like if, you're, if you have a friend that's more better with arts and crafts and you're more better with sewing or something like that, y'all can trade tips, you know, amongst each other and help each other out. And, um, you know, just start small. Don't don't think you can come into the craft and uh, and, and make you think that you're going to hit it off. Cause it's going to be a lot of bumpy roads, a lot of um trial and errors, a lot of everything. And if you put a picture on the internet, it's not going. Sometimes you probably can only get maybe two notes or three notes or whatever. But don't just it's do what you can not to get discouraged because it's a very demanding hobby. But mm-hmm. you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot. So I believe it's worth it. Just, just to, even just to experience it one time, you know. Wow. You know, you just, you know, <laughs> you just get yourself out there. You never know what you can accomplish unless you get yourself out there. That's very important. Beautiful. Miss yeah. uh, La Petite Chieftain, a.k.a. Sheila, it's been an honor to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad this is my first podcast and it was fun. Thank you. Your family, I hope y'all enjoy that interview as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. This is Jonathan Soul speaking with you now. Of course, you can go to jonathansoul.com for more episodes. You can uh, subscribe there. You can also subscribe on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow me on Twitter, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-O-U-L, on Instagram, And of course, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see where I do videos uh, reviewing the comics. Uh, The thing about comics is it's not just for collectors or or enthusiasts of the art form like myself. It's about getting your kids to read again. You know, C. Tick Run is boring as hell, but when they see Bangs at Pow and they're black characters, that's a whole world of difference. Uh, also, family, you can support the channel by going to Amazon or, or my site and picking up my novel, my sci-fi novel, Malcolm Mars. I love you guys. Hope all your dreams come true. See you next Sunday here on Jonathan Soul. Peace. <laughs>